Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. serve a great God. Can you just join me in giving God some praise? Nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. I was saying to the leadership team yesterday that worship happens when we come together in unity and we all agree that we're going to give God all praise and all honor. And all glory. I don't know about you, but I, I can't stop praising God for all of the wonderful things that God has done for me. I said to my husband the other day, I was just reflecting on our lives and I couldn't stop crying. And I wasn't crying because I was sad. I was crying because when I look at the evidence. Of what God has done for us. My soul cries out. Hallelujah. My soul cries out. Hallelujah. So I'm praying that you're not taking God for granted. And that you're taking a couple of minutes every once in a while to say, thank you, God, for doing the impossible. Thank you, God, for delivering me from slavery. Thank you, God, for delivering me from poverty. Thank you, God, for being my best friend. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I got up at 4.30. I thought I'd had time to cry this out, and uh, I don't think I got it. 
I give all praise, honor, and glory to God. If it had not been. If it had not been. I don't know about you, but I've been in some close calls. And if it had not been for the Lord. Oh, my son. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Worship is a unique experience in the life of the church. And many of us miss out on this blessing because we don't yield ourselves totally unto God. But when we do, we have a miraculous experience. And there's nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. Our scripture today tells us that believers are not exempt from trouble. Yes, we have trouble too. But we have a God to fight our battles. And I'm here today to remind you that you don't need to fight those battles. Look at Jehoshaphat, and you will see that God is able to fight your battles and give you victory. In chapter 20 of 2 Chronicles, we find Jehoshaphat in a situation we will find ourselves in at some point in our lives. He is surrounded, Kelly, by a coalition of armies, the Moabites, the Amabites. The Edomites. Have you ever been surrounded by the enemy? I, only three of you have been surrounded by the enemy? I'm surrounded every day. Have you ever been surrounded? Maybe you don't know who the enemy is. But what we learn from this text is that God will fight your battles. And the writer of Chronicle declares that when the men of the desert were reported to be on the march against Judah, we had a fascinating leadership meeting yesterday. And we talked about in that meeting the blessings that God has bestowed upon us, Sister Connie, and what we need to do as our next step. And while in that meeting, Deacon Bacon brought to our attention that this is nothing new, really, for Pleasant Grove Church. We've been fighting this battle a long time. Bacon, can you just come tell me what you told the people? <laughs> it was Bacon who stirred up the meeting. We were talking about, I'm going to give you my mic here, and I think COVID is okay with this. Okay. Brett Vincent said okay. Bacon, is that a new suit? No, ma'am. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, what I was trying to say yesterday, and I'm not sure how well I was able to communicate it, was that uh, a lot of times at meetings, you know, you're talking and you say, I or we are trying to get certain things done. But when we say an I or we, we're talking, we've already got directions from God, and he's directing all of this. It's not that we're doing it. We're simply the instruments that he chooses to allow us to carry it out. And uh, 
I guess, and, and I think I've shared this once before, sometimes people call me one of the old heads here at the church. You know, when my youngest son uh, came here, he was like two months old. Well, he's 36, getting ready to go to 37 uh, in a, about a month. But I, I said all that simply to say that from the old Pleasant Grove to this Pleasant Grove, God is with us if we would just remember that we are followers. You know, some of us may have the tag of being leaders, but we're all followers and we're following Christ. He's leading us and we're just following him and trying to get others to, to do the same. And if we would just, you know, do our part and keep looking to the Lord, looking to the Lord, he'll get us where he wants us to be. We just need to stay the course. the spirit of the Lord. I love you, Bacon. Thank you so much. Say that message, okay? In verse number 14, then the spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, a Levite and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. And he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but the Lord's. <laughs> I kept reading this over and over and over again because I believe as God's people that there are times, Denise, when we don't realize that the great warrior is our God. And we don't realize that worship is a powerful weapon against trouble. And some of us come here to see our cousins and sisters and brothers and whoever is going to hang out in church. But you need to come to worship being willing, trustee Ed, to be equipped to fight. And we're in a battle. And the best way for you to get rid of the trouble in your life is to worship God. I don't know why I can't get people to understand that. That worship delivers you from trouble to peace. Worship delivers you from your own strength to the presence of Almighty God. Worship delivers you to the presence of Almighty God. And worship puts you on a solid foundation for victory. And many of us fail because we don't realize that being um, quiet and silent and disengaged does not deliver us from trouble. I don't know about you, but I came in with some trouble today. Can I get a witness? Anybody else? I don't know about you, but I got some trouble awaiting me when I leave here. Because there's trouble everywhere. But I know that I serve a God who will fight my battles. Can I get a witness? I don't know about you, but I serve a God that shows up every time on time. And I serve a God that can be trusted with my life. 
And so as we look at Jehoshaphat, he's age 35. He succeeded his father, Asa, who was the first good king over Judah. And one of the things that Jehoshaphat shows us, disciple Charles, is that we have to be careful of our alliances because there are people lurking around us to take us out of the presence of God. And so Jehoshaphat made an unholy alliance. I might as well tell you the whole story. You know, we're, just because we're, it's King Jehoshaphat doesn't mean that he didn't make a mistake. Because Jehoshaphat made some bad decisions. Some of us have made bad decisions. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? He made some bad decisions and he aligned himself with Israel by marrying his son Jeroboam to King Ahab's daughter. When you get into all of these biblical entanglements, you find trouble. But at least we have a God who will rescue us, even Brett Vincent, when we're wrong. And the word of God says that the Lord restored Jehoshaphat. Anybody need to be restored? Anybody stepped out of line with God? Anybody know you didn't do all the right things at all the right times and you didn't give the right tithe and you didn't show up for the meeting and you didn't say amen? Oh, you ought to say amen. But Jehoshaphat obeyed God. And when he was surrounded, Miss Margaret, by the enemy, he prayed to God and the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehoshaphat. That's what happened to Bacon yesterday. Bacon is now a prophet. In the middle of our meeting, we're talking about how are we going to go forward and in the middle of all of that discussion, Deacon Cherie, Deacon Bacon stands up and he says, I have a word. And the word is that the Lord is saying to me, this is biblical. So Bacon, there you are in the Bible, 2 Chronicles. And God used you yesterday to say to us, this is not our battle. The battle belongs to God. We were talking about the future of the church. We were talking about how are we going to do evangelism online. We were talking about Venetia technology and how are we going to connect with this world and, and how are we going to be a successful post-COVID. And in the middle of all of that discussion, Reverend Paula had spent hours and hours and hours on her presentation. But then Bacon got up to say, I heard from the Lord. We need to pray. We need to trust God. Can I get some prayers in the house? He said, we, we've been through this before. Battles are not new to us. I don't know about you, but every day of my life is a battle. And if it ain't one thing, it's another. But Bacon stood up in the assembly of the deacons and the council yesterday. And he said, we have to pray and talk to God, and God will tell us what we're supposed to do. You see, what Jehoshaphat shows us is that when we're surrounded by the army, what we need to do, Sister Carolyn, is that we don't need to go and start drinking. We don't need to go and start sinning. We don't need to go shopping. We don't need to go spend money we don't have. We need to worship God. 
That's what we need to learn how to do because when we worship God, it lifts us out of the situation we're in, and it puts us in the prayer. Any worshipers in the house? Come on, any worshipers in the house who know what it's like to be at your wit's end? Do you know what it's like when you don't have any place to go? Do you know what it's like when you hit the deep pit of darkness and there's nobody you can call on but God? The writer of Chronicles declares that when the men of the desert were reported to be on the march against Judah, that the king did not turn his thoughts to his army but God. And too many of us turn our thoughts to the army that's too weak to defend us, and we neglect a relationship with a God who can and will deliver us. So I, I want to get the theology straight today. If you're depending on your alliances, then you need to stop today. Because there's nobody like my God. There's nobody who can do what God can do. In life, we make choices which determine our fate. The Chronicle was striving to teach that if we forget the God of righteousness in our response to life's challenges, we will make mistakes. And there are many challenges to life. It's a challenge to be a Christian. It's a challenge to be a pastor. It's a challenge to be a wife. Challenge to be a husband. Challenge to be a brother. Challenge to be a sister. Challenge to be faithful. Challenge to be holy. Challenge to be honest. The challenge to be unbiased. The challenge to be unselfish. The challenge to be optimistic. The challenge to be loving and kind the challenge to monitor our temperaments so that our lives reflect the Lord. If we did an inventory right now, many of us have not accepted the challenge of living a righteous life before God. And I'm so glad that I don't have to have anything to do with that judgment. That's God. But it is my responsibility to remind you is that God expects us to be obedient. And God expects us to do the right thing. And no matter how vast the material resources are, we face challenges in life. Whitney Houston's death still perplexing to me. Looks like she had everything, didn't it? But I believe her life shows us that Beauty, wealth, and talent do not necessarily deliver you from the challenges of life. Michael Jackson? What's up with that? Prince? What, what, what are we saying when the challenges of life take over and we no longer have a temperament of peace? because we're so challenged by the world we live in. Many of us are so dedicated to the world that we don't realize that we have lost contact with God. And whenever in any circumstance that we must display basic trust in the absolute righteousness of God and the faithfulness he provides. 
I love it in Psalm 46 when David said, God is our refuge and strength. Hallelujah, Jesus. And very present help in time of trouble. David said, therefore, we will not fear, and though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with the surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall, and God will help her at break of day. Nations are in an uproar and kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Can I get an amen? The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease. To the ends of the earth. You see, God has not lost his power. God is still the most powerful movement in the universe. We need to return to God and we need to understand the power of Almighty God. And when we look at our little situations in the midst of everything else that's going on, when we give it to God, we are empowered by the Spirit of the Most High God. And David said, he says, be still and know that I am God. Have you ever made a decision abruptly? And you look back at yourself in a couple of days and go, that was dumb. <laughs> am I the only dumb person in the church today? Have you ever made a decision that looked brilliant at the moment? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty, say that with me. The Lord Almighty, the Lord Almighty. is with us. The God of Jacob, God is, Jacob. is our fortress. Well, now that we don't have to have those masks on, can you look at somebody and say, The Lord Almighty is with us? Look at somebody. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The Lord Almighty is with us. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Quite often, people can't stand to see you doing well for too long. I have learned that some people are in your presence only to bring you down. That's why we have to have a firm relationship with God because, as I preached last week, there's a Saul <laughs> looking for everybody. And there's somebody right now who wants to bring you down and to let you know that you're not all of that. But we got to be able to talk back to the enemy. And this is not pillow talk. This is Bible talk. And so what we got to do as a people of God is we need some Holy Ghost fire. And we need to start talking back so that we can be delivered from our own doubts. You know what I'm saying? 
You're going to let, uh-uh, you can't talk to me like that. I know Almighty God. I know how to pray. I, I know how to get in touch with heaven. I know what God has promised me. And we need to learn, Minister G. Wayne, that when we start talking back to the enemy, the enemy will flee. But many of us don't know enough in the Bible to talk back to the enemy. And we don't want to study. And we don't want to know God's word. But you got to fight back with fire. Because the enemy's out to destroy. If you happily married, the enemy's trying to find something wrong. If you have dedicated yourself to Christ, the enemy's trying to show you that you can make more money if you work on the weekends. If you decide that you're going to love your family despite how crazy they are, the enemy is trying to set you up so they'll be crazier than you think they really are. We don't realize that we're in a battle. We, I don't know why we don't understand the world that we live in, that there is spiritual warfare going on at all times. And if you are not able to pray your way out or praise your way out, you have nowhere to go. And so the only way that we're going to survive this life is that we have to learn how to fight back with the word. And we have to learn that God's word, do you believe you can stand on God's word? Do you believe? I heard today, I mean, the other day that a disciple of PGC, I won't call no names, don't tell no secrets, but this person was sick and God delivered them. Didn't even, the doctors didn't believe it was possible. But when you talk to God about your situation, God will give you some personal attention. Because if the enemy has his way, you won't end up lasting. But we serve a God that is faithful. I have learned, and perhaps Jehoshaphat gained some lessons as well, that people don't always have to have a reason to want you to fail. They don't necessarily have to have any particular reason to want to see you fall, to see your demise, to see you tormented, to see you struggle. Most, a lot of people don't know Jesus. And the only joy they have in life is destroying others. But we serve a God who will deliver you from the enemy's presence and destroy the enemy on your behalf. Hallelujah. Have you ever prayed somebody out of your life? You can tell the truth. I know. I'm looking at you. Have you ever had to just, you said, God, just remove them from my presence. I don't need that no more. You're so holy right now, you won't even tell the truth. The best weapon a child of God can use when confronted with trouble, turmoil, and torment is prayer. Pray your way through. Don, John, pray your way through. Write their names down and say, Lord, here are my enemies that I know of today. And I need you to deliver me from them. Jehoshaphat cries out. See, we get intimidated by the enemy. Just because the enemy is bigger than you doesn't mean the enemy is better than you. And just because the enemy looks like the equipment that they have is stronger than your weapons, you, you, the weapon of prayer destroys. The weapon of prayer lifts. The weapon of prayer reaches God. God hears and God answers our prayer. You don't need a gun. 
You don't need knives and bullets. All you need is a prayer relationship and understand that God answers prayer. So Jehoshaphat cries out, Lord, you know what? I, I like this because what he does is he said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, when you have a personal relationship with God, Pastor Bill, you just don't go, our heavenly father. You go, God who delivered me last week. God of my mom and my daddy. God who brought Grandma Lillian out of slavery. God who gave her freedom when she wasn't free at all. God who delivered her. You see, we need to get to the point with God that we have a personal conversation with God. We're still talking to God like God is a guest. God's got to get personal. And sometimes God allows things to happen to us so that we can get personal. Because we're so sophisticated, Deacon Gino, that we don't really call on the name of Lord as if we know who God is. But it's time for these church folks to stand up now and say something about the power of God. Because why are we coming over here if there is no power, Reverend Marlon? Why are we coming over here if you don't have any Holy Ghost power? Why are we coming over here if you can't deliver me and through prayer? Why are we coming over here if you haven't been bathed with the word? Why are you over here still dating God as if you just met? Jehoshaphat cries out, Lord, the God of our ancestors. You know what happened? I said, if I cried out to God right here, what would you say? you say God of what if you had to cry out to God what would you call God God's your redeemer Ed what would you say God's your healer Shireen what you say God who your God of love Deacon Jenna I see you rocking you got something the relationship with God and you cry out what do you say he's your what your friend your home Minister Darrell, you got something to say? You waving your hand, are you happy? Come on. What? God of mercy. God of mercy. Connie. Rod. Not to, oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. That'll make you shout. <laughs> Natasha, nothing personal, but he said that God is and everything. So Jehoshaphat teaches us we have to keep our eyes on God. We are weak. We are vulnerable. We are overshadowed with grief at times. We are surrounded by enemy forces. We are insecure. We are uncertain of the future. But we have a God who is faithful to his word. God spoke through a Levite preacher. But then God spoke to our bacon. So, bacon, I don't know if that's your call to ministry and you're answering or not, but God did speak to us through you. And Jehoshaphat was told, don't worry, don't fret, and don't be scared. I will take care of you. I've had so many people tell me what we can't do. I'm looking for two or three who will tell me what we can do in the name of Jesus. Anybody can be negative. Anybody can be insecure. And anybody can be too weak to take a stand in God. But I know what God can do. 
Church, there are some things only God can do. Coach us into a path of success. Coach us through the trials and tribulations of life. Give us a forgiving spirit. Only God can give us a clean heart. All of us need heart surgery. I don't know anybody in here who doesn't need heart surgery because we have done something in our lives that was not pleasing unto God. God gives us specific instructions that I believe would be quite helpful for us today. We got to put ourselves in position to hear from God. And Pastor Joseph, as you know, a lot of us don't want to spend the time putting ourselves in position. What am I saying? I'm saying you got to get prayed up. You got to be cleaned up. You got to turn your physical body, your mind, and everything over to God. And you got to have God orchestrate every step of your life. Every good coach must consider the importance of having the right players in the right position to win. I tell you the truth. I have spent so much time saying, when is the football, the NFL going to get this straight? I mean, really, millions of dollars for a quarterback. I'm not calling any names. Let me go back to my sermon. God tells us to position ourselves for his blessings, stand ready for what he is preparing to do. And God tells us to continue on as though our enemies don't exist at all. When I encounter my enemy, Henry, you know what I do? I just keep on moving in the name of Jesus. And sometimes God wants us to move beyond what our eyes will allow us to see. Because had we, had we <laughs> trusted our future on what we could see, we wouldn't be here. Sometimes God wants us to move beyond what our eyes will allow us to see and walk out on faith. And every deliverance, there's responsibility that lies not only with the deliverer, but also with the delivered. Remember, it was God who told Noah to build an ark. Wasn't that crazy? It was God who sent Moses to Pharaoh. It was God who told Abraham to climb a mountain and sacrifice his only son. It was God who told Nahum, the leper, he had to wash in the Jordan River. It was God who said to the widow that you have to make a biscuit for Elijah. It was God who said, Jesus told the man with the withered hand to stress. Jesus told the lame man to get up. Jesus told Barnabas to come and then go. Jesus made another blind man wash his eyes in a pool. And God told David to confront Goliath. Today is the day that you need to face your Goliath. And you need to be as brave as Jehoshaphat. And you need to be able to say, the Lord fights my battles. The Lord will deliver me. The Lord will take care of my troubles. There ought to be some action to the part of the faithful. If you really want to be blessed, show God how much you trust him by preparing yourself, by setting yourself. I have discovered that having a relationship with God is not a cheap date. We have to invest our time in a relationship with God. Sometimes that's 4.30 in the morning when you don't want to get up. Sometimes it's 3.20 a.m. But God is not on your schedule. We are on God's schedule. 
And some of us are too lazy to get up. When God says, get up, shake yourself together, I have something to tell you. Some of the greater messages I have received from God have been at the midnight hour. And I'm going, Lord, can you tell me this tomorrow? <laughs> the word also says we need to stand still. Do not waver. If you have a relationship with God and you believe that God is going to move on your behalf, Michelle, stand still regardless of what you see. Stand still regardless of the hate messages. Stand still regardless of the lack of confidence. Stand still when nobody agrees with you. Stand still when there is nobody in the room who understands what you're saying. Stand still. When the world looks at you as if you are a fool, stand still when you have heard from the Lord. Because we serve a faithful God. Don't worry about the outcome. I got this under control. You got to understand that if God calls you for an assignment, that God will give you the power to fulfill the assignment. It's not about you. And once we understand that, many of us don't understand that we're in positions that God did not call us to. Therefore, we don't feel the power and the presence of God. But when you've been called and anointed by God, all you got to do is show up where God tells you to show up. So don't let the enemy fool you into believing that this human flesh is going to carry out the will of God. Only the Spirit of God. Only the Spirit of God. Only the Spirit of God will deliver us. Why would I go down to a battlefield and just stand still? Why would I allow my enemy to see me? Why would I give my enemy an opportunity? I got to do so. I can't look like a fool. I got to fight. We got to understand the Lord will fight our battle. The Lord. And what I love about the Lord is that the God has never left me by myself because the Lord knew I couldn't be trusted with my own thoughts. And that's why I read the New Testament scripture here where it says in Revelation, after this I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, hallelujah. 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 Do you know hallelujah is the highest? Can you just say hallelujah three times? I think you need to do that again. That was sweet. Come on. Hallelujah. You see, if you're in trouble, that starts shouting hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. We need to remind ourselves of who we are and who is our Heavenly Father. Did you say amen, Brett Vincent? You did. Okay, I thought I heard you say amen. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. So once you understand who you are, Ed, then you'll start walking differently. You talk differently. You don't enter the room the same way. You're not afraid of people when they stare at you. You're not afraid of the enemy when the enemy shows up. You don't run and get in your car when you know that you're going to be crossed by the enemy. What you do is you say, hallelujah. hallelujah. 
I give you the highest praise, O oh God, for true and just are his judgments. And again, they shouted, hallelujah. So today, I invite you, face your trouble. Fight back with the word. And if you don't know the word, you ought to get you a little Bible or use your phone and write down the scriptures that will deliver you to the presence of the Lord. Because once we do that, we will have success. Hallelujah, the smoke from her goes up forever and ever. And then the 24 elders and four living creatures fell down and worshiped God. Is there anybody in the house who needs to be delivered from anything? Any trouble in the house? Anybody in the house need to be delivered from trouble? Then I want you to stand up and start praising God for your deliverance right now. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Your deliverance is at hand. Come on, praise the Lord. Worship him. Praise his holy name. Praise his holy name. And as you lead us in song, we're going to continue to stand and praise God that the trouble of the world will leave our presence because we serve a God of faithfulness, justice, and love. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer in jesus name i pray amen thank you for listening it is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of god if you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on pleasant grove church or other recorded messages Come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-cary.org. Thank you again.